God bless you, brothers and sisters, and all the people who take the time to listen to this teaching through this audio. And may God help you so that you are able to understand, comprehend, concerning some very important points and questions people have asked and emails that I receive from some people. Now, I've understood that these are newcomers to the church, people who up to this point are listening to the teachings and sermons. Now, the brothers and sisters in church, you already know the doctrine. You're well aware of it. And well, you have taken charge of teaching and sharing this with other people. But there are people who do ask me uh, these similar questions. So we're going to try and clarify some of these questions. Now, among them, we have concerning the Christmas tree. I receive questions if it's bad, if it's a sin, if it's idolatry. The, the Christmas tree, concerning the Christmas tree. Now, when we read and we research through history and the time of antiquity, people, the Greeks, the Romans, they had a lot of idolatry and mythology, thousands of gods and thousands of beliefs. They celebrated festivities, feasts for their gods. Now, this comes even from the time of Adam and Eve, we can sort of say that the devil began to teach mankind to turn away from the path of God. And he began to teach them to believe in many other people, spirits, demons, the dead, things in nature, objects in nature, animals, trees, rivers, lagoons, seas. And so people began to worship those things and have different beliefs concerning each element and many gods. And so concerning the Christmas tree, it is said that they would celebrate a god who had been born in December in around that time. I think these were Roman gods because, well, we live off we live off of the Roman calendar. And so they would celebrate these gods and they would have this tree. And they said, well, if this tree had many fruits, well, they, it was a blessing. It, it would bring joy to people. And it seems as though each year they would have a tree and they would put on it a lot of the things that they desired and that they wanted this tree to grant them for them to have abundance of food. Mainly, it was concerning food. And so, time went by, and when Christianity arrived after our Lord Jesus Christ, people began to hear the gospel, and it was forbidden to them to be idolaters. They were taught to turn away from everything that was called idolatry. But people, it was very hard for them because they carried on with those traditions and customs, the banquets and the food, the Christmas tree, they changed it. No longer was it the Christmas tree of their gods. So they changed it in celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we, we've understood our Lord Jesus Christ is God. Therefore, you cannot celebrate a birth for him because he is God. And we can't say, oh, baby God or baby Jesus, 
because we offend him and we fall into idolatry because on the 25th of December, they would celebrate the birth of a god of a statue. And that was the belief. And this is why they also would have a manger. They would do that. But I repeat, when Christianity arrived, people didn't want to turn away from their traditions. There were people, those who preached, because there were many people at the time who rose up preaching the gospel of our Lord as falsehood to make money and to be able to have followers, they would tolerate and would allow them all of these things. And they would say, okay, well, change the tree that you are carrying on with your traditions how about you change it and now say it's a christmas tree and now we have to uh have this nativity scene manger scene of the birth of christ because he was born in a manger meaning in a place where the animals are kept at night and so that is what they call mangers and so people then began to create these manger scenes and some of people don't call it that some call it nativity scenes and so again the mangers are where the animals sleep at night to protect them from animals from beasts in the wild and from the cold and so people began to mix christianity and putting the name of jesus christ in december saying you have to celebrate his birthday he was born on the 25th of december when that day really was the day of a pagan god and concerning the manger the nativity scene that's also paganism because they were placing idols and creating this ritual and so this is what the nations carried with them when the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ arrived. Now, when the gospel did arrive, people began to mix one thing with the other to try and continue with their traditions. Now, when we know the word of God and when the Holy Spirit, when God teaches us that we ought not to practice all of these things because all of these things are beliefs and traditions of men and mankind. So we must turn away from that because all of that truly is bad, is sin is idolatry and so people and i've seen people in the month of december people put lights um in different places they put them in trees they put them over their homes and they decorate the cities with those lights now i might say well that's okay because well it's the last month of the year without mixing religion into it and putting god in the middle people could say well let's put a lot of lights so that the cities may be lit up and make this this month shine because the year is over in our roman calendar the year is coming to an end because of course as we know there are other calendars and there are countries i know places in the world where there are six days of night and six days of of daytime near the north pole and in those cities when there are six months of winter where those six months are dark there is no daytime what they do is they put lights all over the city those lights to make your spirit joyous because people end up suffering from depression because of the darkness those six months it's never any daylight there's only darkness throughout those six months and so this makes them joyful to see those lights and so perhaps for people, especially maybe the children, because, well, children are curious and they want everything. 
they want to live and they want to experience what they hear and see. So the children, I'm sure they are very pleased with those lights. And of course, not having a Christmas tree, but rather lights that are bright in your garden, maybe perhaps, or in your home, wherever you can place lights to make them shine. And you can tell them, well, this is the month of December. It's the end of the year in our calendar. And so we're going to celebrate it by placing these lights so that you can feel joyful and happy with those lights with different colors. You kind of have to see it from that point of view and not from the point of view of idolatry and saying, well, it needs to be a Christmas tree. And so for those who are asking this question, if you want to please God, well, then you will turn away from this. But if you have children that are small and they are asking you to do these things, well, in a certain way, maybe you'll go along with their idea, but not with a Christmas tree, but with with lights. You can decorate with maybe birds and butterflies, your garden. You can decorate the entry. And maybe you can decorate a certain bush outside in your garden. And of course, with your children, you should not teach them that this is a Christmas tree, but you need to take away those ideas from them so that they don't grow up with these wrong concepts. And that later on, God would then need to blame us for that. And now I was also asked in another question, because I was also told that there were people in the church that are believers who have been in the church for quite some time and they still have that nativity scene, the manger scene. This is where people, they call it different things in different places. So they would recreate the nativity scene. They would have all of these different little statues and they would say, oh, that's not bad. Well, maybe perhaps some parents have done it to go along with their children's ideas because i don't think they're doing this with their heart so each of you need to cleanse their heart and turn away with what is not useful what is not what is best because what we need to do is please god in everything now as i was also asked another question because there are people believers in the church who still have paintings or portraits and on the walls of their home near their table their dining room and they call this painting the last supper they have those paintings where the apostles are drawn and jesus christ is painted and they they have it there and so all of this well it also comes from idolatry and there are people who say well i don't keep it as idolatry i keep it as a decoration well we do have to respect people's ideas and the way they think They have it as a decoration, but as the person has also come from idolatry and from those past beliefs, perhaps this can affect their spiritual life because their family or the people who know them, they'll say, well, these people go to church and look what they have here in their living room on their wall. They have this painting. And so they begin to criticize. People begin to think badly. And so we have no reason to be a motive of a scandal for anyone. No one should ever be scandalized by how we live and what we have on our walls. If someone gifts me with a painting like that and they say, well, it's decorated in gold and it has gold in the best wood and so I'm given this as a gift and I place it here, well then I know that it's not an idolatry. I'm not going to become an idolater, but I will scandalize everyone who lives with me and my guests who come to my home, they'd be scandalized. And so God is not going to be pleased with me and how I am doing things. So what would I do? Well, I would remove it, make it disappear. 
And if I was given it as a gift, well, then maybe I'll just take it apart. Maybe take the oil and the metal from it, have it melted. But I won't take or I won't put this portrait or this painting up on the wall anymore. I won't keep it with me because what it will do, it, it will scandalize people. So I should not be a motive of spiritual scandal for people. And so brothers and sisters in the church, you need to forget about those paintings about those portraits and especially that the last supper painting that is very common in people's dining rooms and i was also asked concerning tattoos and piercings that people have done over their bodies they they get different areas of their bodies pierced and tattoos now i, I always receive these questions is that idolatry well in a certain way that comes from idolatry. When people were worshiping idols, worshiping gods, worshiping demons, worshiping the dead, they would have tattoos put on their bodies. They would lacerate their bodies. They would scratch themselves so severely that they would bleed in order to praise and worship and perform a ritual for their gods. And there is where the tattoos came from. Now with time, people, they have or they've seen these things and sometimes they do it out of curiosity or because they think it's nice or they think it's different to have something on your skin a drawing that is how they see it but this is the same as having a painting or a portrait of the last supper it's almost the same thing as having the christmas tree or the nativity scene but then not praying to it like people say but these tattoos also come because they are spirits that come into people. Evil spirits that come and possess a man or woman, a young man or young uh, woman of any given age. These spirits possess them and incites them to do all of these tattoos and all of these exaggerated things because there are people that are completely exaggerated in this practice. And well this also is bad because this corrupts the mind the conscience of a person because this person is then pleasing the devil pleasing the evil spirits rather than pleasing themselves or pleasing others or doing things with moderation as there is no moderation for something people then go into an exaggeration and this is why we say it is better that you do nothing at all so that you do not fall into this vice and as a vice well then what you're doing is you're tattooing your entire body all of this sometimes becomes bothersome to people it looks bad it's seen badly and people ask well is it idolatry well it came from idolatry this is where all these practices came from now i say today there are many evil spirits that come into people possess them and incites them to do all of these things now i'm also asked a question on whether celebrating the 31st of December is bad. Remember, the 31st of December is the last day of the year. December is the last month of the year. If you want to celebrate it, celebrate it as when you celebrate your birthday. So you celebrate every single year that you're born. Every new year from the time that you were born, you celebrate that. So treat the 31st of December the same way you want to celebrate it do so if you have the money to do so you can maybe also give gifts and receive gifts give gifts to your children and your family if you have the money to do that then maybe you can have a, a party that day 
And giving God thanks, of course, for another year that has passed and now a new year begins for us, for us as human beings. Although for God, of course, time does not count. It is only for us human beings that it does now. And this is on our Roman calendar because, as I said, in other religions, in other countries, their calendar is different. The dates are different, but very well. It's not that it's bad that you celebrate the 31st of December. If you have the money, you can do it. There's no idolatry involved in that. Now, I was also asked a question on whether listening to music is bad. Well, it depends on what kind of music, because I share with you there's a lot of music which is to worship and honor the devil there are many there's a lot of music where the message is calling upon the devil so you have to be very wise and very careful with what you're listening to and what you're singing it's not that it's bad but you have to know what can be done and what shouldn't be done now i was also asked questions on is there's very vulgar music and that has innuendos yes that's true there's a lot of music that people sing and the words and the message that's spoken of, it's using vulgar words and others who have a lot of innuendos. When music is this way, well then don't listen to it. Don't memorize it and much less should you go out and sing it. And also some people would say not even to hum them. And so turn away from all of these things because it is better to live a holy, upright life before the Lord. It is better to please God. And so I'm going to read two verses in the Bible and we're going to be opening in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 here in verse 16 the Lord was speaking here through the Apostle Paul, teaching the doctrine and teaching that God would be walking among us. And therefore, we need to be holy and be in fellowship with God. Turned away from all of these things that I have been mentioning to you and concerning the questions you've asked. Because if we practice all of these things that I've already talked about, well, then we turn away from God. We won't please the Lord. So here in Corinthians, the Lord made a great promise to us. And he said, I will dwell. I will dwell in them and walk among them. Now in verse 16, in the beginning, it says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols or beliefs? What, it, what agreement exists between the temple of God, which is the heart of the believers, of those who are following the path of our Lord Jesus Christ? What agreement has the temple of God or with people who are practicing all of these things, believing, for example, at this end of the year in Christmas, in the Christmas tree, in the birth of Jesus Christ, and he is born every year in these paintings, in these tattoos, in all of these things? listening to vulgar music. A person who practices all of these things cannot have any fellowship with God. There is no agreement in that. So it says, you, for you are the temple of the living God. The apostle says, you are the temple of the living God. For God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, meaning among the believers, those who have converted to the gospel. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And so we want to be 
the people of God. We want God to be our God and to love him and to respect him, to value him, appreciate him and turn away from all of the filth, all of the idolatry, all of the beliefs, all of the omens that the devil has made up to keep us away from the Lord. We need to forget about that and live a holy upright life. Now in 17, therefore, the Lord says, come out from among them. Come out from those people who practice those things. He says, come out from among them and be separate. Says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean and do not do what is unclean. And I will receive you. I will be with you because you have no need to practice or do things that are unclean, things that are idolatry, things that the devil makes up to turn us away, to keep us away from the fellowship with God. Verse 18, and I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And so if we want to be children of God, if we want to be sons and daughters of God, then we must turn away from all of these things. Now in verse 1, chapter 7 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, now we have these promises that if we walk in holiness and uprightness, God will be with us. He will dwell with us. He will be in our heart. So he says, if we having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, because all of these things, they do contaminate by me going and setting up the Christmas tree because the Christmas tree has a spirit and the Christmas tree brings me gifts. And because the Christmas tree, Christmas tree, what is it bringing me this year? Well, I am contaminating my spirit and my flesh and also carrying out the nativity scene with all of those statues, all of that, which is idolatry. I am contaminating my body, my spirit, and it says, we must cleanse ourselves from all of the filth of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. This is what the apostle suggests, that we must perfect our holiness that we carry in the fear of God, in the respect that we have for the things of God, valuing the things of the Lord. And so be wise, be intelligent, and listen very well to what you're listening, what kind of music it is you're listening to, because it's not a sin to listen to music, but the sin lies in what you're listening to. As a person who asked me as well and said, is it a sin to drink wine? It's not a sin to drink wine. It's not a sin for you to have a cup of wine. What is a sin is for you to get drunk off of wine and to go crazy and to begin to harm people and to destroy the peace of others. Your peace and the peace of others around you, that is what is bad. To go into any type of exaggeration and concerning idolatry, we must turn away from that completely and be very careful. Now, when it comes to foods and beverages, we must be very moderate. Eat with moderation. Drink with moderation. Drink what? Well, I was asked, is it alcoholic drinks? Well, 
if you have a wedding or a certain celebration of a birthday and you are given maybe a cup of champagne to toast, well, you're not sinning by doing that. But if you drink the whole cup or the whole bottle in that moment and you get drunk, well, you're going to go crazy perhaps and you'll start to do things and say things and maybe offensive things. And how many people, how many people maybe even die in these types of celebrations and banquets because they get too drunk. It's an exaggeration of everything. And so everything, of course, needs to be in moderation, what you eat and what you drink. Now, concerning idolatry, of course, we must completely eradicate that, uproot it, cut it at the root and throw it out. Completely turn it away from our sight, from our heart, from our conscience. We must learn to live well with God, to live in holiness, to live with God. That's not difficult. We can live in the world. We can be a part of the world and see many things, but turned away from practicing such things that are not good for us. And so may my God help you. May God be with you. May he help and deliver you, change you, and take away all of these things, these things that the devil has placed in the flesh, these tendencies of the flesh, the desires of the flesh in our body, that the Lord remove all this, and may he help us all to free ourselves of these things in order to please him, in order to continue seeking his face and having our God near us so that he may help us in any difficulty we have in our life. And so my hope is that God gives you intelligence and wisdom for you to understand and truly understand the teachings. And I advise you, take some time to read the Bible. As I said, the brothers and the sisters, they know this doctrine already, but perhaps this is for the newcomers, those who are recently joining and reading the Bible. And so you need to learn many things. May God bless you greatly. We're going to pray to the Lord. We're going to ask him for sicknesses, petitions, and desires of the heart. Oh, blessed Almighty God, oh, blessed Lord, thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love, for your mercy, for your word, because you teach us your doctrine, because you, Lord, have revealed your word to us. You have given us the understanding. You have opened our hearts so that we are able to be prepared and willing for you when you have come to our lives to teach us joy, happiness, to give us eternal life to give us so many blessings and so much mercy that you have for those who are open and willing for you. Thank you, God, because we have been privileged of being here before your presence. Thank you, eternal God. I ask, Lord, that you help many people, help men and women, children, young men and women, help them, Lord, so that they turn away from their evil ways and that they may be able to know your path, your word, that they may praise you and seek you with all of their heart. Oh, blessed almighty God, I ask that you give blessings to each person. I also pray in this moment for the people that are sick. Remember, Lord, and observe there are many people that have different sicknesses, people of different ages. They are suffering. And you, Lord, extend your healing hand because you are that divine physician. You are the one that gives life and takes 
it. You give health. Take away all sickness. Take away all disease. Work miracles in the life of each person. May you also deliver from witchcraft and sorcery and curses. Break ties and chains and cut away all evil. Thank you, Father. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And to him be all the honor, the glory, and praise now and evermore. And also, Lord, there are petitions. There are needs. And Lord, please observe what is happening, what has occurred with the hurricanes and all of these storms, all of these forces of nature. May you cut this away and remove it. May you preserve and protect people, protect your children. And may you also extend your mighty hand and have mercy, Lord of the souls. Give them an opportunity in life so that they may know you. Thank you, my Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to the Lord. Blessed Lord, we will be singing to the Lord Chorus 124. I'll be so glad. Seré feliz cuando Él vendrá y la victoria ganará. No habrá tristeza en ese día. Seré feliz cuando Él vendrá. Seré feliz cuando Él vendrá. Y la victoria ganará. No habrá tristeza en ese día. Seré feliz cuando Él vendrá. Honor and glory before our God. And thank you very much. God bless you. And I love you very much in the Lord. And until next time, thank you. Thank you.